Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So, absolute pleasure today. We've got a good friend, Joe Ballinger, on the podcast. So, I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably followed, uh, probably know of Joe, because we've trained with a few times. Uh, you also obviously work with My Lunchbox and also part of the Trained by JP crew. So, uh, absolute pleasure to have you on. So, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. And obviously, we go back a fair old way now, don't we? <laughs> it's scary how times go on and like you just roll around in the same sort of circle the same sort of people so it's quite cool indeed i'd like to see our physiques on the day we very first met probably five or six years ago <laughs> hey, yours has changed a lot mine hasn't <laughs> uh, don't read that don't read do, you want to, do you want to know something like this not to blow smoke up your ass but when i first <laughs> when i first got i found it on my phone i was looking back for photos the other day yeah. i screenshotted a photo of you when you did your first competition of what i wanted to look like when i competed oh sick <laughs> i love that i found it the other day i was going to send it to you but i don't want to make your head too big so, like, <laughs> so you're telling me on a podcast in front of everyone <laughs> yeah so now i was going to tell you in front of a podcast on video so uh, if anyone uh right that that's class that's so, good that one in the locker Yes, I thought that was quite cool. Um, so obviously the title of today is Mission for Muscle with Joe Ballinger because obviously you're on the quest, obviously you compete in bodybuilding, looking to go up in terms of... Uh, yeah, class. So, yeah, that's it. So obviously I'm um, competing now in open class bodybuilding. Um, in 2018, I, I made the step to IFBB from WBFS. So I don't know if you know my, or some of the guys don't know my uh, sort of my past my history i was wbff pro uh, muscle model background for about four or five years you also did powerlifting for a while didn't you to be fair yeah so i was a british european and world powerlifting champion back in sort of for quite a while back now about sort of eight nine years ago and that was kind of when i sort of first found my sort of passion for i'd always trained and stuff because i played rugby but it was kind of just part and parcel of playing rugby the lads went to the gym we kind of just did it anyway and then we found uh, one of our teachers he actually played uh, rugby for uh, wasps before he got a back injury anyway he introduced a powerlifting club at our school and uh, we kind of did like tryouts uh, it was quite brutal to be honest so basically the weak kids got kicked out and the strong kids got put through to powerlifting club selection uh, <laughs> finest yeah that's it anyway so we went through that and we had a cool little team, really good team actually of, of guys and we, we went to like the British Powerlifting Championships in, it held in Bradford and I remember uh, I pulled, um, what was it, it was only like, it's 230 kg deadlift I was weighing like, I don't know, 78 kilos or something at the time and it was a British record at the time so I was buzzing for the first comp, pulled a British record over the moon like <laughs> did you think at that stage you'd end up going in the direction you're in now of interest? Probably not, no because at that point I wasn't even mad interested in the way I looked so much. It was more about how strong, how strong could I get? And then sort of the way I looked was more of a byproduct. Cause like I said, obviously came from a rugby background and then powerlifting. So I was always in shape for someone of that age anyway, or somewhat bigger than the average quote unquote person, if that makes sense. I wasn't big by any, any you know, shadow of a doubt, but uh, bigger than the average kid at school anyway by the time i turned about 16 anyway when up to 16 i was definitely pretty small i was a natural ectomorph natural skinny guy which this kind of kind of does me well now but it's, it's either good or bad now because when i'm trying to bulk it's difficult for me to put on muscle it's hard i have to be very very consistent in what i do and obviously we'll talk about that uh, in, a, in a minute i imagine but when i'm trying to cut it means I can get pretty pretty lean, which is obviously cool, which is obviously a good thing. So I think obviously 
having that sort of stage condition and being able to get proper dry, uh, you know, hard and shredded does really, really help on stage. So obviously being a natural ectomorph has its, has it gives and takes, you know. In, in terms of, obviously you briefly mentioned there already, you, you tend to get lean very quickly. Obviously the main topic of this podcast is gaining muscle, but do you, how, what's your protocol in terms of cardio look like when you're looking to try and drop body fat if you tend to maybe like atrophy and lose tissue quite quickly or maybe body fat and you drop it's, quite quickly in weight? Honestly, mate, it's, it's, it's interesting how it's changed over the years and how it's changed with my body composition as well. Like, for example, my first show, I think I was doing something like um, around about an hour and a half a day of cardio, which is, I would say, is quite a lot of cardio. Um, I don't even think many of my own clients at the moment when they prep do that much cardio. Uh, yeah. And, and I've, I've been up to two hours of cardio a day before. Um, actually that was when I was doing classic in 2018, but that was a little bit different because the goal wasn't obviously the goal was to get in shape, but the goal was also to hit a weight class. Which you so, struggled to get into, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, very much so. So I, I remember I told my girlfriend, Ashley, um, obviously I was changing from muscle model to, to classic and that was a goal and I think my, my physique fitted the, the category quite well and I told her you know I was sitting at about 118 kilos at the time I said right I'm going to do classic she was like cool what's your weight class and I was like 100 kilos she was like what because <laughs> that, that worked out about three and a half stone I needed to lose so it, it, it was difficult and that was by far and away the hardest prep I've ever done and I said if I ever had to do that again I wouldn't do it because it wasn't fun like I love bodybuilding and I love challenging myself and it's it's hard. It's supposed to be hard to get in shape, but that was that was next level. Like I was I was, I was stage ready at 107 kilos. Like there's no foul me, and I still got sub 100. So as you can imagine, a lot of that, most of that was was muscle. I lost a lot of muscle. Um, you know, I'm glad I did it because I learned a hell of a lot about myself, where I can take myself if needed. Hopefully, never that far again. So, my prep um, 2019 just gone seemed seemed a breeze, to be honest. But yeah, as I've got bigger and put on more tissue, the amount of cardio I've had to do has actually become less. Because obviously, the bigger I am, the more I'm burning from just doing normal day to day activities, like walking around. And I can actually now get lean from just a couple of walks a day. Um, we introduced 20 minutes cardio a day to the stairmaster, just nothing crazy, just sort of level eight, level seven, eight, just slow walking for about 20 minutes with about three or four weeks to go. So nothing crazy. <clears throat> and like, cause, uh, cause obviously I'm, you mentioned earlier, I'm one of the trained by JP athletes, Jordan's my coach and his, his philosophy, especially for myself, obviously I'm trying, I'm going up into open class. So if anything, I'm one of the smaller bodybuilders compared to some of the guys who have been there for years. So we want me to come in as big and as full as possible. So obviously the least amount of cardio possible as well. So I can retain as much muscle tissue. That's obviously the goal. For anyone who is dieting, what would you say has been the key for you in terms of maintaining muscle tissue when coming down? Probably just being absolutely consistent with everything. You know, I find a lot of guys and I found it with clients before they, they're kind of worried about getting mean and a lot of people actually end up, they'll do it extra. They think that, you know, doing extra is going to be better. But at the end of the day, you've got a coach and you've got someone in your corner who knows what they're doing. And they can see you differently to how you see yourself. Uh, I've seen it time and time again when speaking to guys around the gym. You know, they're like, oh, I've got half an hour cardio today, but I'm just going to do 45. Just, you know, I want to get lean. And then if you're doing that, and obviously your coach knows how much you're eating, you're actually, you know, you're going to be burning more than 
they they plan on you burning you could get too lean too quick and end up eating into muscle tissue and things like that so obviously that's not an ideal perspective so just stick to the plan is probably the, the best thing i would say to be honest because obviously if you've got a good coach and somebody who knows what they're doing then uh, it should be all right <laughs> i think it's one of those things i think like external accountability and like if you're in a dieting phase you will never make an informed decision on yourself because your like decision you make will reflect on the mood and how you feel. And generally, if you're in the situation where you're doing comp prep or something like that, or dying for a photo shoot or holiday or like really strictly, your head's probably a bit all over the place. So you making a decent decision at that time is probably going to be unlikely. So you're, you're, I can guarantee like 99% of the people will just be like, I'll just do more and eat less. But they'll go too far. 100%, 100%. Especially that one as well, eating less. Obviously, they think, you know, gets the end of the day, they've got one more meal and they're like, oh, I could probably go to bed without having that meal. So you actually need to get that food in. It's there for a reason. Obviously, the energy balance is, well, your coach has probably got an idea of what what your relevant energy balance is. So if you're messing that up without them knowing, then, you know, it's not ideal, to be honest, for the the situation of getting lean. 100%. Yeah. So obviously now come back to sort of obviously what the title of the podcast is about, Mission for Muscles. So obviously your goal is to try and add as much muscle as you can. Did you have a set target in mind for when you next go on stage? Uh, we did. I haven't really made it public yet, but I guess... Right, so we'll put you out now. Public accountability, Joe. What is, what's the number? All right, 125 kilos. Okay. That's, that's the goal. Um, it's quite a, an optimistic goal, but obviously, you know, what's the point in saying goals if you, you, know, you don't think they're going to be uh, worth reaching? Um, However, I do believe it is reachable. I am just sitting shy around, just around 120 kilos at the moment. I'm still pretty lean. Um, like I said to you, I actually find it, unless I was to just sit and eat shit all day every day, which obviously isn't our lifestyle, so it's not going to happen, I struggle to get fat, which is obviously a good thing. Um, but then again, obviously it means I, I don't want to say I struggle to put on muscle. I probably put on muscle at a slower rate than some other people obviously genetics plays a large part in that but uh yeah it's uh it's it's been a it's been a tough process since so i finished prep um to give you a bit of background i finished my last competition which was amateur olympia in portugal in july end of july 2019 um and then we spent the first eight weeks of that obviously most people you kind of go down uh, obviously sorry you bring the food slowly back up we actually put the food up quite quickly and because I was still feeling relatively fresh, I was able to keep hammering my training. And because of the way my body reacts with extra food, I just filled out real nice. Uh, and I was able to put on a decent amount of weight in a relatively short space of time that hold relatively respectable condition. And from then, it's just been kind of chipping away. So I competed around about, I think, 105 kilos. So I put on 15 kilos of, you know, I'm pretty, pretty lean i've obviously got a small bit of body fat i'm not um by fat by all means but i'm also not shredded so it's been it's been hard to get here and i would say one of the hardest things of putting muscle on is eating obviously we love training we've got energy to train beating our logbook should really be a given when you're in off season you've got the fuel uh the supplements and everything everything's in order the hardest bit is consistency with the food because if you're trying to eat like I'm just I'm just shy of 6,000 calories at the moment obviously clean food and you know more than anyone that clean food is volume best it's too much in my mouth yeah indeed it is um, and it's hard so I actually said to Charlie just before we hopped on the podcast uh, we've just changed my diet from six meals to five meals same same calories but purely so I can have less meals and I think 
I was thinking, because sometimes I'd finish a meal and obviously I'd be full, but I could eat a bit more. So I was like, fuck it, let's change six to five. And now so I'm, I'm eating a bit more each meal. So it's, it just feels like it's a little bit more manageable. Um, so yeah, other, other kind of approaches to getting more volume of food, sorry, less volume of food in that's more calorific. There we go, got an end. Um, obviously things like higher fats, like I'm actually using a lot of actually virgin olive oil at the moment, nut butters, things that like easy calories. Yeah. So for example, my morning shake, I have um, 50 grams of, protein from isolate then i'll have about 150 grams of oats or granola depending on what i fancy to be honest um I'll, I'll make sure obviously the um calories in that are similar or or i'll have oats in the morning and the granola in the evening and then i have 35 grams of nut butter and then about 30 mils of extra olive oil so obviously the calorie content of that is relatively high i think it thinks about 1250 something like that yeah, 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 blend it and just neck it. So if I have like clients in the morning, say, so client at seven, I'll get a blend it, just smash it and then go to work. And then I know I've had 1200 calories by, you know, past six. So that's a good start to my day. Um, and that's another thing. If you're, if you're trying to get bigger and obviously you're eating your meals, you, you have to kind of get up. If you get up at 10, 11 o'clock and you've got to get five, six meals in, you're going to struggle. You're going to be up at midnight eating. I'm, I'm actually quite often up at midnight eating anyway. So I think, you actually need to plan it out. Say, for example, you've got five meals um, and then you'll think how long you're normally awake in the day for and then work out how much time between those meals you can afford before you need to get another meal in. So um, it's also a lot of pre-planning. So if you go out for the day, you also need to make sure you've got your meals with you just as much as if you do if you're on prep. I mean, if you're, if you're, be, if you're being serious about putting on muscle, then you need to take your off-season as serious as you do your prep. This this off season, especially more than more than any that I've done before, it's almost been it's almost been like prep, really. To be honest, you know, prep and getting my meals from my lunchbox. So that really really helps with regards to prep. Um, but I know what I'm doing. I have set meals throughout the day. I try and eat around set times. I try and drink the same kind of fluids per day. And I think how much you drink a day? About four liters. Not like for a guy of your size, to be fair. No, not too much to be honest. I find it's I probably maybe could drink a little more, but it's it's difficult. You don't need to because the amount of food you're taking, obviously, like yeah, that's got some <clears throat> to a degree. Yeah, that's it. And a lot of my drinks, the drink I've got on now, for example, this has got um, this has got carbohydrates in it. So obviously, my water intake here has actually got uh, calories in it. <laughs> so I've got some, some sustain from JP in there. So that's uh, it's got four scoops in it. So that's actually 100 gram of carbs just within that drink alone. So that's another good way to sort of look at getting calories in via sort of intra-carb budget workout drinks. Obviously, you don't have to have it just in an intra-workout situation. But I do have it intra, but then I sometimes have it, like today, for example, is a rest day. I'm not even training today, but I'll have one of these. I'll set it in the morning and I'll just drink it throughout the day. Obviously, I'll drink other, other water around that as well. Is this the highest your calories have ever been? Yes. Yeah, highest planned calories. I'm sure I've had a higher calorie day just mucking around. But uh, yeah, highest planned calories for sure. It's about, I think, five, five, eight, five, eight and a half, something like that. Um, but yeah, definitely the highest they've been. And we're kind of slowly, tick, slowly putting them up kind of week, week by week. Um, and now it's kind of got to the point where you can't really add more rice, can't really add more, like we were saying, voluminous food, like 
for the sake of the calories, it's not worth me not being able to move off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's actually another good point, actually. Digestion is, is so, so key. And I think a lot of people actually don't take into consideration how important that is. I think if you're eating, like we said, five, six meals a day and you've got, you know, 40, 50 grams of protein per meal, that's actually playing havoc on your digestive system. And for example, if you've got to train as well, you don't want to be eating that stuff too close to when you're training. So especially on training days, you need to, because there's going to be a period of, say if you eat your pre-workout meal 90 minutes to two hours before training, you train for two and a half hours. Oh, I do. Don't know anyone else does. That's what, what we're looking at four, four or five hours potentially where you've not eaten. Obviously you can get an intra workout um, drink within that, but uh, so you need to take into consideration, obviously the, the digestive um, aspects of food as well. And just to work about, think about what works for you. So obviously everybody's different. People have different um, things that they react to if they can't eat. Some people are gluten intolerant, dairy intolerant, whatever that may be. And if you have any intolerances or a lot of people often don't know they have intolerances. They're not aware of it. I think a lot of people yeah. I see clients are, they're not aware yeah. enough of their own bodies and what actually, how they're supposed to feel and how they're supposed to digest food, if that makes sense. It, exactly. And so I was actually speaking to someone, I can't remember speaking to. Um, uh, anyway, we, we're, we're having a conversation and saying the fact that quite often people feel they're like, oh no, that's that's normal. Oh, you know, I, I feel like my stomach's bad, but that's normal. It's like, bro, that's not fucking normal. <laughs> like, that's not normal. You, you think it's normal. <laughs> yeah, you think that's normal because you've been living like that for two years. That's not normal. Like, you need to sort that out. Imagine if they were to sort that out, how much better their performance would be, their recovery would be, how much better their, you know, daily life would be without having to feel this, you know, cramp that they get every day because they've eaten x amount of food or whatever it is that doesn't clearly sit well with them so you know taking into consideration food types and things that you know you you can tolerate uh, is really important too i think one thing as well like a lot of people underestimate the effects of processed foods in terms of like an inflammatory response so for example like i like doing things in extremes because you can then see how bad something is if your body doesn't like <laughs> so using christmas day as an example I went, I didn't even think I ate that much, but like I had a lot of shit food, like cheese, biscuits, chocolates, all the good shit. And I put on five kilos in a day in water retention. (laughs) That's like 5% body increase in like weight just from water. And I fucking head, I can't (laughs) think the next day. My brain was so messed up. Oh, I bet that was horrible. And that's funny because it's only she mentioned Christmas day. It's mad because Christmas day I ate twice. Normally I'm used to eating five, six times a day. So I have get up, have breakfast, um, like Christmas Day, I was like, I'm a fucking, I'm having a day off. Um, so I got up, I cooked me an Ashley breakfast. We had, what do we have? Bacon and eggs on toast. I call it all bacon. So it's kind of, you know, relatively fatty food, but it's not too bad. But it's stuff that I'm not used to eating. So it kind of sat, sat differently on me and I was full. I didn't eat loads. I ate a decent meal, but I was full. So obviously, I we got to um, got to Ashley's parents' house and they were like, right, dinner will be ready now. And I was like, fuck, I'm not even hungry yet. Luckily, it took about two and a half hours after that for them to actually get everything done and all that stuff. But um, yeah, then, we, then I had Christmas dinner, ate obviously loads of normal Christmas dinner stuff, had some cheese, like you said, as well. And then I, I was absolutely smashed. I, I was in a right old pickle. Like, right, I felt really full, really uncomfortable. The total the turtle got, I had to go lie down and like, yeah, I ate a lot of food, but it's crazy how the different food types really do affect you. Oh, massively. But that's how you notice it. And I, know I generally felt shit for days. Yeah. And it just reaffirms to me of like, this is why I don't eat this crap. Because like, but that's how, you know, we were just saying a minute ago is how people think that's normal. 
that's how yeah. people live, feel, live and feel every single day. Like yeah, exactly. Their yeah. digestion's a mess. Like, <clears throat> do you know? I can't really eat on the move anymore. Like the thought of doing it, or the thought of not taking. Like, if I go out, I'm like, right. Do, how long am I going to be? Do I need a meal? Do I need to take this and that? And those thoughts go through my mind all the time. So if I ever get caught out and I'm like, oh fuck, like I hate it because I know I'm going to end up. I try and eat something healthy, but let's be fair what is there good really nowadays it's like unless there's like some boutique like nice little place is going to do a little bit of chicken and rice which is like very rare nowadays but it's difficult isn't it but people do that on the daily yeah you just wing it yeah people do that on daily so but yeah so that's uh, just some sort of nutritional uh, things to take into consideration I believe yeah in terms of like digestive protocols, like something I found's made a big difference for me is just regularly using digestive enzymes, in particular with bigger meals. Yeah. And then trying to limit the amount of like water I take in with meals. So naturally, I seem to drink huge amounts of fluid, and I try and limit the amount of water I take in with my meals uh, to try and aid digestion. Do you yeah. have anything else in particular you do? Like I've tried like something else I find works really well is um, not with your scenario, obviously trying to gain as much muscle tissue as possible was like fasting if i'm traveling with long-haul flights and things okay yeah 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 like, like a reset once a month for like 18 hours just to almost yeah. off hammering food constantly yeah that, that i wish i could do that i wish i could have half a day off of eating um but yeah no it's one thing i actually really quite like the use of i haven't had to use it for a while is i really like psyllium husk yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah i think it's a really really good stuff i use about six grams per day uh, quite often tell my clients is if they're struggling to go to the toilet or they're having any kind of digestive issues it's a really good thing just to get everything moving again um, also um, I use glutamine on the daily as well which obviously yeah. has some sort of digestive benefits yeah. as well as well as obviously um, muscle growing benefits as well so you know those are a couple of things I do but also another another this seems really simple but every time I eat a meal um, I don't do it every time, but it's just a, a good tip to do if you if you have the kind of lifestyle whereby you can do this. Finish a meal, and once you've kind of you know had five minutes, go for a little five ten minute walk. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, I love that. Not like a cardio. Just don't look at it as cardio. Just look at it as yeah, getting the blood flowing, getting everything moving. It just keeps you're not just sat there and letting everything sort of stagnate and let let the organs do it themselves. You're kind of getting it moving as well. So I I, I really do believe in that as well from a digestive standpoint. If you're on if you're on high food, definitely. Yeah, the fibre is a very good tip as well. Like I personally uh, use my rest days and have like a shake mm. and uh, like ten grams of psyllium husk fibre and also some apple fibre. Yeah, because uh, then you've got soluble and insoluble fibre, and it just helps to try and like pull everything through your stomach essentially and you know, like your inside. So it, it, it does, doesn't it? You can tell the, the next couple of days it sorts yeah. you out. Like. That was big time. So that's a sneaky tip. So ten grams of psyllium husk fibre. I think I'm using yeah grams of apple fibre with my 50 grams away and I blend it with berries and it's banging. And it also makes your shake thicker as well. Yeah, 100%. I'll tell you what though, guys, if you're prepping, use psyllium husk in the last sort of seven to 10 days. Trust me, use it every day and it just helps clear, clear everything through. I, I also find, I don't know if it's more psychological, it feels like it pulls water out of you as well a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if you're going to the toilet and secreting more, it and it's coming out, then it's, it's, yeah, I guess it's coming out in your... Uh, poo, <laughs> for want of a better word, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is, isn't it? Really, so you know, so it's uh, it's a bit grotesque, but it's a good way to good way to remove water from body. We're all humans and we all shit, so it's just like let's be real. That's right, the yeah, there we go, straight to the point. I rate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So give us a bit of a run through what your current diet looks like then, Joe. Obviously, you said you've dropped your food back. You're like you, yourself, like me, you work with my lunchbox, who are absolutely incredible in terms of like meal prep and food they provide. Because I've had a few meal prep companies before I've worked with, which have been shit, to be honest with you. And yeah. it's like a, a small business, like family run, like they're amazing in terms of the quality and the service. So how, what, what's your current daily setup look like? So um, every day, first meal of the day, like I said, is that shake that I mentioned earlier. So that's roughly about 1250 calories. Um, what I'll do then is I'll tell you what, my day is based around what I do is I do a couple of PT sessions in the morning, usually between two and four. No more than four because I can't handle it. I can't work that long. <laughs> um, so what I'll do is I'll usually have meal one. I'll do two clients. Then I have about half an hour break where I have meal two, which at the moment is chicken wraps. I'm just trying to get meals in that I find are nice and easy to eat. I think if you're eating volumous food, it's got to taste good. So luckily the guys at my lunchbox, Paul and Jenny, they're fantastic cooks as well. So they put roll them up into wraps for me. I've got like fajita chicken they put in like heated peppers and stuff like that so you know we're in the off season we can have this kind of stuff it's you know it's nice fibrous vegetables in there as well so that's going to hopefully help with digestion at some point and um obviously getting my sort of protein and carbohydrate sources from the chicken and the wraps in that meal uh other meals throughout the day i have um mince meat so one meal was mince meat and rice and spinach and they do me like kind of a nice little variation of it. So each time the mincemeat comes, it's a little bit different, different flavorings, different kind of, it's always real low fat, low fat sauces. I actually have 30 grams uh, cheddar cheese on there as well. That was a little addition from last week or the week before. So just calories, isn't it? At the end of the day, just extra calories sort of in a really easy, easy to eat fashion. Um, it's almost like a chili con carne to be honest, that meal, which is, which is real nice. Um, my pre-workout meal at the moment is a couple of bagels, 30 grams of honey, and uh, protein shakes, about 50 grams of whey. Again, that's all, that, well, that stuff all sits well with me nicely. I actually had to pull baby rice. I, I've been smashing baby rice since probably a year now. I was a big advocate, but at the moment, I think, honestly, the thought of it actually makes me... Mate, I'm the same with cereal. I've just lost all fucking interest with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, when you have something so much, say, like, yeah. also, I also can't eat broccoli. I actually hate it now. Yeah, yeah, no. no I, I actually, to be honest, one thing I don't eat that much of is greens. I just eat spinach, to be honest. That's kind of my only really green. digest as well. Yeah, it's just, bang, well, as soon as you heat it up, it like, goes to nothing anyway, so I'm like, sweet, less volume, that's cool, rather than smashing through lumps of broccoli. Mm. Mind you, on prep, I'm like, right, get it in, big, yeah, so big you are. stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what else have I got? And then I'll obviously have my intro um, workout, carbohydrate drink, I'll have, um, I've got MPS Max and uh, Sustain, which are both trained by JP Products. Um, you guys can go and check out the them products another time if you How want. How many carbs are you using in your workout? Uh, 75 grams. It was on 50, just up to 75. Do you find that of interest? I find personally, if I go beyond about 45, 50, mm-hmm. my stomach just it just doesn't feel like it wants to take in more than that in, whilst training almost. Um, I, well, I start I've drinking... up to 100 and 150 before accidentally. Well, I got my scoop size is wrong. <laughs> 150 how long were you doing that for before you realized about five months i uh <laughs> I, I looked on that this is probably yeah, i probably shouldn't admit this to the public but i uh the sco- it, was, it said person it, at the time i was with my protein it was that crappy yeah. car powder and it said on the yeah. back of it uh, one serving 25 grams carbs I was like, cool one serving must be a scoop one yeah serving, half a scoop 
Uh, okay, so, yeah. I said, I was like, shit, I'm doing 150 rounds of into a workout. Uh, you must have had some good sessions. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my stomach was terrible, and that was why, because like, so what the fuck is this? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Now, at, at about 75 grams intra, I'm good. No issues there. No issues there at all, to be honest. Uh, and like I said, I start sipping it about 15, 20 minutes before a train. And like on the drive to the gym, I start sipping it. So it's kind of going in already. Um, and then post-workout, I have cereals, like we mentioned just then. About 100, 100 grams of cereal. What's your go-to cereal? Oh, to be honest, mate, I'm the same as you. I've gone off it. Yeah. It's hard to say. I was having Cocoa Pops for ages. And now I just, I don't think I even like Cocoa Pops anymore. I was having like 200 grams at one point. So I've got, what have I got at the moment? I've got the little Rice crispy shape. They're not Rice crispy. the Rice crispy like shapes. Yeah. The ones, multi-grain ones. They're, yeah. they're actually not great at all. They're really bland and boring. My favorite cereal is Crave. The uh, hazelnut Crave. That content's too high though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but favorite, I mean, non-body, favorite non-bodybuilding cereal. Lucky, I like Lucky Charms. I just like the marshmallows. I just want a bowl of marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, what else have I got? So we've got cereals. Um, I have chicken in that meal and chicken and rice. That's kind of, uh, I don't mind eating because that's quite a voluminous meal for me. Obviously, post workout, I'm looking at about just 220 grams of carbs. And after training, is about the only time in the day that I'm good to eat or I feel somewhat hungry, hungry somewhat hungry, yeah. So I, I don't get home and just eat straight away. I wait till, I wait till I'm hungry. So I usually get home. It's about a 20-minute drive home. I have a shower, get changed. And then by that point, I'm usually good to go. Um, so I'll start getting that meal in. And then I've got my last meal of the day. Then I've got another shake again towards the end of the day. And your rest days, your carbohydrates a lot lower? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit lower. I tell you, I can tell, I've got it on my phone right here. Let me have a little look. Where are we at? So... Be curious to know your macros at 6,000 calories. I imagine your fat content's very high on both days. Yeah, well, training days is 5,763, so I wasn't far off. Carbs is 720, proteins 360, fats 150. It's pretty high. Um, rest day, uh, 3,890, so just under four. And carbs are at 362, so that's pretty much half. Uh, proteins at 273, so that's a bit lower. And then fats around 144, so that's about the same. That's, that's where we're at right now and there's room to add I would say a bit more comfortably on rest day um, but I, it's quite nice because obviously we rest I rest probably every two maybe three days um, and like you said it's kind of nice it's still a lot of food but because it's not force feeding it's kind of nice it's, an, it's like oh, I'm on the rest day still a lot of food but it's a bit more comfortable and like I say my digestion gets a little bit of a, a little bit of a chill out and what's your thoughts in terms of obviously when people are looking to add on size in terms of like cheap meals, free meals, and like going out and enjoying themselves a bit? <coughs> I think because I know it's a question obviously people ask a lot. I'm sure your clients do, so do mine. Yeah, I think. Uh, do you mean in regards to adding muscle? Yeah. Yeah, just specifically. In regards to adding muscle, I've actually got a client now, and uh, every leg day, post leg day, he goes and has a large five guys and chips. Because he's uh, he's currently on about six thousand calories, and we can't really get. He's struggling to eat anymore. So I was like, right, let's try this approach. So we're doing that just to get in extra calories. Yeah, more food exactly, and obviously post leg day as well. So he's going to just utilize that, and it's it's going to be cool. And it's uh, seems to be working at the moment. But I think 
I think it's a difficult one, really, because when you have, like we mentioned earlier, cheat meals and off meals just fuck your digestion 100%. massively. Like, so big. Like, if I had, if I had, when, like, mate, my old cheat meals, Christ, like, three, four years ago when I used to compete, um, you know, I'd have a cheat meal every week and I would have two hours where I would just fucking eat everything I'm on about make large pizzas burgers i'd go and get granola from the shop i'd have cooked like it's you've probably done it yourself to be fair yeah, yeah. we've all been there let's be honest we've all been there you know when you take, you know when you take the picture of the table and it's fucking covered with food it's just, me and my brother when we were competing we used to do it we used to look forward to it and then every saturday night we'd go out get the stuff or we'd go like tgis get everything in this is back when we were kind of like still learning obviously but it's still sort of part and parcel of learning experiences you know and then i learned from that so especially when prepping, obviously I know we're talking about muscle building, but when prepping, so you do have the cheat meal, my weight would be up from the Saturday meal till Thursday. I'd yeah. come down on Thursday and then I'd do it again on Saturday. Yeah. So it's but a vicious fucking cycle. It's a vicious cycle. And I, I always just get to stage, you know, stage day and be like, oh, I'm pretty lean. But just the thought now, how much fucking leaner I could have been. And like, you know, on, on, um, on prep now, we don't, we don't have cheat meals. We don't do cheat meals anymore. We do... Uh, or might have a cheat meal or a, you know, quote unquote refeed meal as and when you're fucked. Do you know what I mean? We have it for a reason now, not, not for the structured in. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think I'm at a point now where I'm, I've got the willpower enough to be able to diet to the point till I just keep going and going and going. I don't need, I don't need a ref. I don't need a cheat. It doesn't control you. You control food. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have, there's times when you know, walk past the bakery in Tesco's and I just want to take someone's head off because I want to eat a bagel or something. <laughs> but actually, that was one funny point. On, on prep last year, I was having a one bagel and jam post-workout and something else. And I said to Jordan, it's like two weeks out. I was like, you're going to have to pull it because I was eating this bagel and then I was sat there like a crackhead just <laughs> like, like that just locking I was like we have to pull it because it's trigger, triggering me big time so it's interesting what stuff triggers you and what, what doesn't but what yeah I think the approach then I imagine was it to swap it with something more satiating like uh, sweet potato or rice or what, what I said to him at that point I was like mate chicken rice just, just, just stick to that the whole way so we did the last two weeks was chicken, turkey rice, spinach and I think I was having like four food, four pieces of food sauce. That was it. I'm um, also having um, no oats. I think so, I was maybe egg white. Yeah. Egg, egg white, chicken. So I had egg white meal one. And then it was literally chicken and veg. And then I think I had chicken and rice pre and post. The rice was like minuscule. It's, and then that was it. So I literally had four, four food sources. So, it was, But at that point when you're that deep, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter you know it's just a food source that's why that was a trigger to me at that point because everything else was so bland and then i have this nice cinnamon and raisin bagel just jam. Off. yeah it just set me off big time and i'd just be like i can't deal with this yeah i can't deal with this anymore and it's not too bad when you know you're, you're on prep and you're eight weeks out and you've still got a decent amount of food in because you can eat that and you're like that's cool i've got another meal in a bit so we're, we're good so yeah but i think with cheap meals with regards to bulking it's I think it's a difficult one to be honest, a hard one to approach. Like if you, if you can digest the food or, 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 or more so if it's, if it's like a social situation, like a birthday or a wedding and you're not on prep, then yeah, by all means go and do it. Cause if you're not on prep, then you don't want to miss out on the things that life has to offer to you. Cause you know, obviously we're bodybuilders and uh, we like to compete. And when we prep, prep does take 
it does take, you know, advanced over lots of other things and we make sacrifices there. So I think in the off season, it's important to uh, do things with your loved ones and your family and friends and things like that and not to be massively one track minded into it. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm committed and I sacrifice a shit ton, but from time to time, like I said, Christmas day, I took the whole day off. Uh, and I was there and present, you know, with family, well, I was present until I fell asleep because <laughs> I ate so much food. But, you know, I mean, I was just relaxed and I yeah. think it's important from time to time. Um, but just choose your time wisely, probably not every week. 100%. Obviously, we've covered nutrition in quite uh, a detailed approach. And obviously, obviously, the other big topic in terms of trying to grow muscle tissue is obviously training, which is probably the area most people go wrong. Uh, obviously, you being coached by Jordan, you obviously work within that sort of, sort of progressive overload approach. What's your, what's your current training split look like? Uh, my current training split is very simple on the push-pull legs front. So I have push-pull legs with two splits. So yes. I'll have uh, two sessions for each push-pull and legs. And I, I follow, um, I do pull, push, rest, legs, rest. So I rest either, either side of legs to give myself uh, enough recovery time for the leg session and then enough recovery time for the pull session. But um, I don't know if you're aware, you probably saw on my Instagram that I was... I recently found out that I've got a, a broken back. <laughs> um, yeah. So it sounds, I say it sounds worse than it is. It's not obviously great, but um, I've got a broken L5 vertebrae. Uh, it's called PARS defect, which means it's a double fracture down both sides of the spine. Um, and I've got a, a mild spondylosis thesis, which basically means movement of the spine. So it's where you have, L5 and S1 there and L5 this slightly goes over the top so you've got grades 1 to 5 grade 1 is minor grade 5 is like that shit's going to fall off yeah so I'm grade 1 so it's I actually saw the spinal specialist at Nuffield Health two days ago and I have one mil movement uh, in that spine in that um, spinal region it was quite I like I paid because I wanted to get in there and like get this checked out ASAP anyway he's literally um, he was pretty blasé about it to be honest. He was like, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. He was like, you're structurally fine. He was like, could you have a strong core? You have a lot of muscle around your lower back. You're at no more risk really of further injury than anyone else. He was like, you will have pain for the rest of your life. However, you can still push on and do what it is that you do. He was like, what I would suggest though is kind of maybe reading things back and then just really focusing on form and then building strength and kind of like, with, with regards to like heavy, because for, yeah, for, for about two months, three months now, I haven't done any heavy, since I found out, I haven't done any heavy pulls, any heavy rows, everything's been chest supported, um, which is boring as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can't do any of the heavy shit, any of the, you know, no one wants to see me on Instagram doing chest supported single arm cable rows, do That's boring as hell. Um, so yeah, it's, it was it was nice to hear that and for him to say that, or kind of give me the green light sort of thing, so I've been kind of, I'm not gonna lie, I've been pretty worried about it. So so yeah, that's um that's kind of that really. I mean is, is he happy for you in terms of spinal loading, in terms of like squats and things like that? Yeah, yeah, he, he was literally he was so blase, he was like, You're fine. He was like, You'll you'll be fat. you'll be absolutely fine. I was like, Are you sure? I was like, like I was proper drilling in with questions. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Can I do this? Can I do that? I was like, 
bro, do you know how much I lift, bro? <laughs> I was like, check out this video. I didn't, I didn't show him the video. I didn't show him the video. But um, I probably should have done, actually, to be fair. He might have been like, maybe don't do that. But um, you know, he, he was pretty confident in the fact that I would, I'm not going to recover from it as such because where the break is, it's constantly moving part of the spine, so it won't ever um, fuse. But he said uh, spinal fusion or the way it is now, that would be completely over excessive and they wouldn't even go near it right now. So good news, I suppose. Constantly giving you pain then? <laughs> like sat here right now, I can feel it. Yeah, it's, it's more of a dull ache. Um, I wouldn't say it's pain. Why not if I say, for example, I tell you where I feel it the most. You know when you do a seated, uh, seated row yeah. in that position there? Because obviously I'm holding my body back whilst you pull against the row. That's kind of where I feel it the most. For the pivot point. Yeah, or, or something like a T-bar row where you're bent over and you're holding yourself isometrically in that yeah. sort of bent over position. So things like that. He, he was basically like, you're only limited now by your pain. He was like, don't be worried about structurally making it worse because you won't. So I was like, okay, cool. So I can basically do what I can put up with pain-wise. So what we're, what we're actually going to do is get a steroid injection into my lower back, like cortisone. Um, so he's going to do that. And I said, well, how long can that last? Because obviously that's to reduce inflammation, reduce pain, all that kind of stuff. And he said, that can last from five minutes up to the rest of your life. So I was like, well, that's pretty broad. So let's book it in and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Hope for the best. Hope for the latter. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But, you know, it's given me a bit of a confidence boost because I was a bit, I was a bit worried. I'm not going to lie. Like not so, not more so for me right now, but more so for when I'm a bit older. I'm yeah. 50 and I've got kids, and I want to, you know, take my kids to football. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. stuff like that. Just being a being a parent and things like that. To be honest, that's probably the main thing I'm worried about. But um, yeah, so good news, good news on that front. So it looks like it looks like deadlifts are back in. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of training wise, obviously with your current split, what you're doing, is there anything in particular? Or- like area-wise, you're trying to focus on adding more muscle mass to you specifically? Is it your legs with having a rest day either side? or um, To be honest, no. So, to be honest, mate, everywhere. Everywhere. From the answer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember saying to, to Jordan, I was like, Jordan, my arms are shit. I need to bring up my arms. And he was like, you need to bring up everywhere. <laughs> I was like, right, okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's true, though. It, it is true. I need to bring up everywhere. I think proportionally, proportionately, I'm relatively proportionate. Um, I'm happy with like my symmetry and things like that. Definitely chest, arms, back, legs, everything to be honest needs to come up. So it's, it's not a factor of I'm concentrating on one thing more than the other. It's a factor every session I go in and just go to war every session and just fucking smash everything, you know, um, log book, obviously everything logging is a big, a big part of what we do with our China training approach. And like you mentioned, progressive overload. And obviously most guys will probably know what that means, but if they don't know what that means, what it, what it basically means is we, for example, we'll, we'll hit, uh, 100 kilo bench press for eight reps and then the next week we look at either improving the weight for the same amount or more reps or just look to improve the reps i probably bench more than 100 kilos but that was my uh that was my example <laughs> yeah i haven't actually benched in probably well over a year too scared to smash smash a peck off I've seen it happen so many times right. uh, so. i see uh I see like collins head repping out like 220 yeah. 240s that's beast in there <laughs> He loves bench press. I'm actually doing a podcast with him in an hour, so I'll be 
I'll, I'll oh, say no. <laughs> get, the big, get the big man on the bigger man on but um, yeah that's wicked man that's, that's kind of kind of the rough training approach but um, training sessions they're, they're hard at the moment but, well they're always hard but especially hard uh, is obviously leg sessions I think um, Jordan actually posted something earlier on his uh, Instagram what did he say it's something like um, people's legs are like a reflection of their mindset and how far they're willing to push um, and I think that's so true like people that really really get in the depths and really dig deep in the trenches you can you can tell on a person's physique with regards to you know the fitness that they've got the amount of muscle that they put on over obviously dependent on what time they've been training for um but yeah so le- leg sessions are really hard I've, I've actually got a torn quadriceps tendon in my left knee so that's not ideal so i'm struggling with things like hacks and pendulums so i've pulled them out for now but i'm getting strong at my smith squats heel elevated smith squats to concentrate a little bit more on quad focus, uh, leg press. It got to the point where we were loading the leg press up so much that it wasn't feeling so safe. So we started banding it and taking a bit of weight off. And just obviously it changes the stimulus a little bit as well. So um, good to keep things moving. Um, and yeah, what else have I got? Um, obviously push sessions. I train at MJ's uh, gym. In, have you been to MJ's? No, I've not been. No, you'll have to come down and get a session. Yeah. It's sick. It's quite a... It's quite a like small spit and sawdust gym with really good kit yeah <laughs> so it's awesome um George pretty much kitted out the whole place so there's some wicked wicked kit in there i uh, just started dumbbell pressing again actually i haven't dumbbell pressed in a long time we've been using a lot of machines and getting strong on machines um so it feels nice to go back to getting used to the getting used to the dumbbells I remember the first session was Fuck, you know, I was all like wobbly and like, because autonomously I wasn't like in the rhythm of banging them out. But now a couple of weeks in, I'm feeling good at them again. So that's uh, that's really interesting to to see how my strength's soaring on there. And it's not just the strength improving, a lot of it's coordination and things like that as well. So where you haven't done an exercise for a while, you need to kind of pick up those um, all those coordination factors as well that are going to make you move better at the end of the day. That's why I think it's so important to change your programming regularly and also rotate exercise in and out because too many people get too married to doing like a certain movement and then they just do it to death almost. Yeah, 100%. Uh, well, I think we've there, there's that fine line between pushing an exercise till you pushed it far enough and then pushing it too far, like you just said. You know, we, We've all been there, to be fair. You know, we've had an exercise and then I find that as soon as your progress is up, 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 it should slow off because obviously you're getting near your peak. And then when you the first day you either get less than what you got last week or you're you're barely making any gains. That's when you need to swap that shit out. Go and get stronger than something else, come back and you're more than likely to be stronger than you were before. Like recently we've been doing the um Gym Shop Island have got a sort of a plate loaded shoulder press. We've been getting really strong at that. And now I've just put in and that that pretty much got to the point where like I'm hitting the same rep I hit the same reps for three weeks in a row on the same weight. And I was like, right, this needs to go. So we pulled it, put in dumbbell press, shoulder press, and again, that's flying up at the moment. So like from a confidence perspective, it's nice. You know, we're swapping in a new exercise and, we, you know, strength's going up, up, up again. So again, like I mentioned, it's not just strength, it's coordination factors as well. Do you train on your own a lot of the time, Joe? Are you always normally with training partners? Rarely, mate. Rarely. I hate training on my own purely because I like having, push, I like having atmosphere. I like having someone to pass me the dumbbells when I'm pressing. <laughs> I think I genuinely think that's really important. Like, for example, if you're doing an incline dumbbell press, I'm pressing at um, 72s moment, and I feel like if I, to get, I could get that up on my own, but if I'm doing that, that one, I think knocking that back there, I've got a risk of tearing my shoulder out. 
because it's not exactly a strong position to be banging a seven kilo dumbbell back with. And one, one, you're going to, picking them off the floor, putting them there, knocking them back, you lose at least one rep off your set. At least one rep. And someone said to me, I remember when we trained at, um, what was the gym over your way? Extreme. Yeah, when we trained over there, like the, we did that. It was the first time I've really done that. I had someone pass me both dumbbells. It made a massive yeah. difference. It's huge, isn't it? And at the end of the day, someone not called me out, but they were like, what, you know, why are they passing you the dumbbells? I was like, mate, I'm here to train chest. I'm not here to fucking train. I said, curl up that <laughs> yeah. dumbbell, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to train chest. So if I can get the boy, if the boy's there, they can pass them to me at the top and I can start from a stable position. You know, I'm fresh. I'm super fresh. I'm going to get probably one, two more reps there. And I think that, I think that's really important. Obviously not everybody's in the position to be able to train with people all the time and have that. So whatever you do, be consistent. If you do do that, write it in your logbook. It's fucking important. If you've been past it, if you've been past the reps, you know, sorry, if you've been past the dumbbells and you get eight reps and then next week you train on your own and you get them up on your own, you get six reps. Oh, why did I, why did I get two less? If you have a note of it in your logbook, you know you know why. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think stuff like that make I always make little notes in my logbook. It's really important. I actually trained at half past eight at night, push two days ago. I always train about midday. Yeah. I was strong, I was much stronger than everything for the obvious reason that I had more food in me. Yeah. I got two more reps on all of my dumbbell press sets. Everything else was just I just felt really good. Um I was, it was only I'm talking about trying, I was just speaking to someone today about that, just like Try and train me late in the evening, but I just found in the past I struggled to sleep yeah. afterwards because I'm so fired up. Yeah, that's the only thing. I didn't get home till half past ten, and then I had my standard twenty thirty minute like chill. I need to just let myself relax a little bit, and then have a food which took about forty five minutes to eat. So it takes me ages to eat my post workout, and then I was like pushing on midnight, and I still had another meal to have. So you know, it wasn't exactly ideal, but. It, it was just interesting to note the differences in strength. How much difference like, it makes? Two, two, two reps on my top set dumbbell press. That's quite a lot from last week. And from five days ago from post-sesh. So I think that's a, a huge difference. And, and that's why people need to record and be aware of these things. Time you train in the day. It's variables. Um, yeah, variables are so important. There's so many fucking variables. How hydrated you are, how much food you've had. Have you taken your supplements of that day? You know, did you have a pre-workout? Have you slept well? All those kind of things. Obviously, you know all that stuff. But if you're not monitoring your variables or you're not aware of them, then you're not going to understand why the difference. There's huge differences and jumps up and down in your logbook. And obviously, when you're trying to progressively overload your lifts, the logbook is king. The logbook is key. So if you're looking and your lifts are going down, you need to know why. Uh, and if you have a valid reason, for example you got off a flight and you just you needed to get in and do your session, you're probably more than likely going to, you know, you're not going to hit a PB set, are you? Because you're tired. You're probably not eating all your meals. Um, but sometimes you've got to train when you've got to train. It's, you know, life is life, isn't it? You can't. Not well, everyone's a professional. do. Yeah, that's it. Not everybody's a professional bodybuilder and, and can train at the same time every day, have their meals regulated every day. So, you know, I, I completely understand that we're all different. We have different life issues and stuff. But as long as you're aware of the variables then um, it's all good. You can manage it, I think. One last question. Do you have a set sleep schedule? Do you have like a set amount of sleep you try and achieve? If I'm completely honest with you, the worst thing I'm doing as a bodybuilder is, is my sleep. I thought that might be the answer. When you said to me that you eat very late sometimes, I, I thought that might be the case. Yeah. Uh, I like, like, we, like we mentioned just then, all the variables that we can control, the one that I'm probably the worst at doing is sleep. 
um, I quite often, it's really fucking annoying. I switch on like, mentally quite late at night. Oh, so man, yeah, I know you're the same. We're all night owls, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I get up early and then like my brain's like, I had it the other night. It was awful. My, like, for no, not like worrying about anything, but my brain was just on fire when I had this shred and eight. <laughs> I was like, I didn't do all these things. I got this stuff to do. And you know, you're like, yeah, like, why, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 100% man. I think, um, I'm definitely similar to you like that. So I'll get, I'll usually get back, you know, I, I know I've got meals to eat, I've got shit to do, and I tend to just up past nine o'clock, I tend to real switch on and get, a, I have tried to make an effort to get what I need to do done earlier on in the day so that I can down. For example, I'm trying to sit and watch some telly with Ashley. I don't really watch much telly, but if I can now and then, it will help me wind down. What, what, what do you watch? you just oh god no no <laughs> not, not my vibe not my vibe um but uh we just started watching the witcher actually. mate i tried to get into that and i just i'm struggling I'm yeah struggling. Mate, uh i watched something else that was banging on netflix recently but i can't remember what it was about it was, that's not gonna help you much but it's <laughs> a program about like 60 days in jail in the US jail I recommend I've, I've seen a little bit of that that's, that's pretty cool I'll tell you what we did watch the other day we watched it was like a CrossFit program the, the Redeemed or, or something like that basically it was following the 2017 CrossFit Games yeah mate it was fucking mint it was so good those guys they are athletes I mean I know obviously uh, CrossFit does get knocked in the, the bodybuilding have you ever tried a CrossFit workout um, I've never tried to do a wad but I'll tell you what if I didn't if I wasn't pursuing what I'm, I'm trying to be a you know I feel you pro bodybuilder I'd definitely give it a go and I think I'd be pretty good at it I think you would if I do, if I do say so myself you know coming from like a, a rugby background I always made sure I was the fittest guy on the team um, you know I used to be pretty good at running probably not so great now at nearly 120 kilos but all that kind of stuff I used to enjoy fitness I used to enjoy that kind of stuff so like the idea of CrossFit to me like the higher level CrossFit athletes, to me, they're fucking machines. Yeah, it's impressive. Strength and endurance. Yeah, exactly that. You know, I'd, I'd would quite, I would quite enjoy doing that. You know, getting really strong at like snatches, hand cleans, all that kind of stuff. But then being able to put it together with doing like a crazy wad and all that stuff. The only thing I'm not a big fan of is those kipping pull-ups. <laughs> I'm not sure what they are. Just a weird. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I think it's. A, I think I got so much respect for the for the sport. I do think at the lower levels there are some. It, it can be dangerous because you know you've got guys who are unpracticed um, in there. Complex, like, like for example, you like, you and me are very experienced. Yeah, doing overhead squat with a barbell. Yeah, like, I probably I used to be able to. I probably couldn't now. My mobile. You, you would get your arms back, but like I'm with hip mobility. Like, and ninety yeah. percent of people probably won't be able to do it. 100%. You've got like fucking Bill and Ben from, you know, Smith's Industries at the road who work nine to five. They're coming in for their 6 a.m. class and they're being asked to do... Yeah, no warm-up probably. That's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So they're obviously, they're, that's kind of potentially native part of that industry. But I do think like at the higher ends of it, I've got mad respect for those guys. They're crazy athletes and yeah. uh, they are beasts. <laughs> so uh, to finish things up, Joe, what would be your two top tips for anyone looking to try and add as much muscle tissue as possible? So we do one maybe for training and then one for nutrition. Um, well, I can give you kind of one encompassing for everything. Okay. My encompassing one would be consistency. And it sounds like it sounds simple but trust me if i ever have like if i ever, if I ever for any reason miss a meal i'll drop weight and you can and you can see that you can see what happens when you don't do the same things day in day out um, and it was actually i think it was james Hollingshead said it before he was like it's monotonous we are doing the same shit day in day out day. That, 
Yeah, it's Groundhog Day. Stress, routine, repeat. Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the biggest things I can say to you. If you want to grow muscle, you want to be successful and you want to be strong and you want to compete at a high level, you need to be consistent. Trust me, you can't like, on days when you wake up and you're tired and you feel shit, you can't skip the meals. You can't just be like, oh, let's have a Macca today or let's go down to the shop because you will not get, you will not achieve the goals that you achieve or you will achieve it in a much slower rate. Um, with training, um, just fucking intensity. Like I see too many guys fucking about in the gym, pissing around. I don't actually get clients to send me videos from time to time because they're not making the changes that they should be making. You know, um, you know why as well. I, I know. I'm like, you're trying to this is the so, final rep. When you watch someone, oh, the final rep, yeah. And you know when they're gonna if, if it's gonna fail or not because if someone, yeah, yeah. if the rep doesn't slow, like yeah. they just yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's some video, and I'm like, bro, you have three more reps there. Why have you stopped? Why have you stopped? Like obviously it's different on like a barbell bench press or maybe a squat because you don't want to actually fall in the hole, but you can still see how much someone has left in the tank. Like, I want to see see intensity. I want to see fucking rage with control. You know, controlled rage is is key. And every time I go into a set, I, like, have my headphones on and I, like, kind of don't talk to anyone. I get myself... I know I've got to do it because I've got my logbook because I've been consistent with my training because I know what I've been doing. I will... I got my number and I fucking know what I need to do and I get in there and fucking get it done. And if I've got more in the tank, I'll push it out. Um, so like just being, just be a fucking beast in the gym. Don't be a pussy. That sounds like, uh, you know, pretty, pretty to the point, but it's true, isn't it? You, yeah, you nice. see it all the time. See it all the time. Don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to get fucking mad with it. You know, I get a bit, well, you've seen Jordan's videos. I get a bit like that in Cuba and that lot. Everyone gets like in the zone and like, it's all right to make a bit of noise. If you want to make a bit of noise, get a bit of grunt, a bit of shout. Get, if you need to do that to get in there and smash the set and kill it, then get it done because too many people do not take it there. And I think taking it there is absolutely key. That's great. Intensity builds density. It does indeed. It does indeed. Intensity to failure. So yeah, that's what we got. That's what we got to do, guys. So if anyone doesn't follow you, Joe, how's best for anyone to get in touch? Um, Instagram is probably the best place to, to get in touch with me, which is Joe Balance of Fitness. Got all my um, information about online coaching, bodybuilding, YouTube, all that kind of stuff's on there. So if you want to hit me up, shoot me a DM on there, and I'll be more than happy to help you guys out. But thank you very much for having me, man. Awesome, man. Absolute pleasure. And as always, for anyone who's listened to the podcast, you leave a five star review on picking one person at random to win a free place for an extra Nate program. So thank you very much, Joe. Really, really appreciate it. And I'm excited to see you on your road to 125 kilos. <laughs> Pleasure, man. I better get some more food in me, dude. <laughs> easy, easy.